Good morning, friends. It's Candace with Autism One Media. Today, my guests are um, Winter Dorr and Lisa Carlson. You may have heard our interview last week with uh, Lisa Carlson from Zing Performance. And today, we have invited the founder, Winter Dorr, who um, is just north of London. So it's kind of cool to have a perspective outside of our country. Um, good morning, Lisa and Winford. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so, Winford, you founded Zing Performance, and you've been doing this for about 20 years. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, yes, it was. In just over 20 years ago, I started this journey. And um, there was a there was an issue with your daughter. And uh, you stepped up and vowed to help people with uh, problems with autism and other developmental disabilities. And can you get get into a little bit of what happened to your daughter and how you took the vow to to jump in? Well, I've got I've got four children, and three of them went through school really, really well. But my oldest daughter, she had the same teachers, she had the same attitude and desire to learn, but for her, when she got to school, learning became really hard work. Reading was a nightmare for her, writing was almost impossible, concentration wasn't good, and we took her, of course, to all of the experts. This was quite a few years ago, so there was a different range of experts available then, but we took, them, took her to the best that we could, and they gave her a diagnosis dyslexia, some were talking about autism. But what they were telling her was she'd got to learn to live with it because there was nothing that was going to take away the problem. And with that lack of hope, she went through school and she became more and more depressed. One day I was in the north of England traveling and the phone went in my car and it was my other daughter saying, Susie's attempted to take her life. And that was just a bolt out of the blue. You know, my life in every respect was good except I'd got one unhappy daughter. Well, there was a two-hour journey from where I was to the hospital where she was, and on that journey, you can imagine, I went over all the things. What, what could I have done? You know, reading was hard for her, concentration was hard, making friends was hard, even physical movement, she couldn't play many sports. She'd got the whole list of the symptoms that so many struggle with. And on that journey, I went over all the things what could I have done? What did I try? What didn't I try? What advice did I ignore? But I came to a conclusion before I reached the hospital, and that was, should she live, I was going to spend the rest of my days focusing all of my time, resource, money into finding out what was wrong with Susie and what could be done to improve her quality of life, improve her skills. Well, I got to the hospital, and thank God she was alive, and they said, they thought she was going to come around okay. But that was a you know a life-changing, life-defining moment for me then. And uh, that's, that was the start of my journey over this last 20 years, Candice. So where did you go from there? And what did you find out? Well, what I found out was that I, I, I talked to some professors, I talked to some doctors, and I very quickly came to the, to, came to the conclusion there was actually a doctor in New York gave me the initial clue that 
the root cause of the lack of development of key skills and key functions in the brain was rooted in the cerebellum. Cerebellum is a little bit at the back of the brain that, that has been largely ignored for decades. But that's the bit of the brain that has got 75% of the brain cells. It's called the cerebellum. It's the brain-body connection. It's the bit that develops skills or doesn't. And there was a professor at Harvard Medical School that had been preaching to the world about the enormous importance of the cerebellum. And people were just ignoring him. Well, you imagine I'm a dad, I'm a make-it-happen kind of dad where I had very successful businesses, uh, I'd turned around industries by creating innovative stuff, and giving up on those was easy when I suddenly realized the whole purpose of my life was to help my daughter Susie and find a solution for that. So I, I just flew everywhere, drove everywhere, talked to everybody that would listen, including that wonderful Professor Schmarman at Harvard. And I started to piece together that, that all of those, that wide variety of symptoms that children with learning difficulties, with autism, with ADHD, with Asperger's, with dyslexia, dyspraxia, and so on, that whole wide range of symptoms, all of those symptoms can be traced back to lack of development of that important part of the brain. Well, when you've got a daughter that wants to die, you don't say, you know, what's the normal medical procedure for doing this research? You say, I don't want another phone call like that because the next one could be even worse. I have got to make something happen. So I took on a, a very wide range of amazing researchers. I opened a load of clinics and I funded a load more. We eventually, eventually worked with 45,000 people, all of whom have got different types and different degrees of those dreadful symptoms that hold people back. And we were giving them things to stimulate the cerebellum. Now, the cerebellum is stimulated by movement, so that's why exercise is so good for people. But we found that if we could give the right stimulation in the right way, we could start to make the cerebellum even more effective. So, as you can imagine, everybody's brain is different. So this wasn't a looking for a one-size-fits-all solution. This was looking for a very complex solution that could be modified to suit every individual. So in all those 45,000 myself and my team worked with, we were able to have huge numbers of trials, find out what worked and what didn't work. And we eventually worked out that carefully chosen exercises you only had to do them 10 minutes twice a day. That was enough to stimulate the cerebellum so it slowly developed over a period of weeks and months. And eventually, all those things that weren't natural before became increasingly natural. And that was huge. You know, the excitement of the squeals of joy and luck we had in our clinic as we saw these, these clients coming back in and we were working with them and they were making progress was just far too good to be true. It was just so thrilling. So that's what, so this last 20 years, Candice has been all about working with that process, fine-tuning it, refining it, to make it applicable to, to more and more people. So let's think about all the comorbid conditions of autism. Yeah. Yeah. So we have uh, OCD, which would mm -hmm. affect food, eating. Um, yeah. Um, the digestive system, uh, behavior, uh, there's a whole laundry list, maybe even seizures. 
So yeah. what would that laundry list look like to you that that yeah. um, you could target? Well, the the brain brain is clearly extremely complex and a lot of interaction. So what we've what we've done is boil down as many of the symptoms we can and 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 track back what the root cause is. So what's happening in the gut is actually linked to what's happening in the brain. But this is what we do that seems to reduce the cognitive load. In other words, it gives them uh, more cognitive capacity to function in a, in, a, in a more typical way. So this is, this is, the, this is the, the, the journey. First of all, there are some fundamental skills that we use all the time, the sensory integration skills, the movement skills, the balance, the coordination, and things like eye movement skills for reading or listening skills. So you turn what you hear into thoughts you comprehend. There's a whole range of skills that if they don't become automatized, then I'm clumsy when I try and use them. I'm not a natural at using them, and it can affect my reading ability, my attention, and so on. So that's the first level. Fundamental skills we need all the time. Not fully developed means uh, I, I'm not a natural at them. That's stage one. But all those skills that I'm not a natural at, they have to be processed somewhere else in the brain, and the place that they're processed is in the prefrontal cortex. So any skill that I'm not good at, and let's imagine learning to ride a bike. When you, when you learn to ride a bike, you're not a natural at it at the beginning. You know what to do. You're thinking about it, but you're still falling off. And that's because your thinking brain is involved with the process of trying to help you ride a bike. Well, when you're learning something like riding a bike, your cerebellum is very busy trying to create the neurological program so that naturally, automatically, without thinking about it, you can carry out that process. But until it's done its job, you're having to think about it very, very hard. So some people go right through life with a lot of fundamental skills and, and folk with autism, that is, you know, that is part of the, the experience they have is many fundamental skills have never become hardwired it never become a natural at them. Often they can think about what to do, but in our thinking brain, the processing there is so relatively slow that they can never quite get it right. So if you take, um, can I mention Prince Philip from England, who's a little bit socially clumsy sometimes. You know, he's, he's got a degree of, of, uh, uh, of issue with socializing. So he often opens his mouth and, as we say, puts his foot in it. And he's tried the whole of his life to become more socially acceptable. Well, that's, he's like that because his cerebellum hasn't given him natural skills to behave completely appropriately in social situations. That's an undeveloped skill. He can think about it, but you can't do enough processing when you're thinking to do something completely natural. So there's, there's a consequence to that. If the cerebellum hasn't done its job, giving me all the skills I need to a natural level. Then my thinking brain is very full of helping out with the processing, and therefore it's full of stuff that shouldn't really be there. But here's the next stage of the problem. The thinking brain is in the prefrontal cortex, that very area where we control emotions, we control attention, we control impulsivity. 
It's the boss of the brain. It's called the executive function. And so the bit that we've made busy or the cerebellum has made busy because it's not doing its job properly has got another, is creating yet another problem. The executive function of the brain isn't normal. So you get all of these other things not being controlled properly. And tension, emotional control, impulsivity, even memory recall are all parts of that. So that lack of fundamental skill has a direct knock-on effect, and it dramatically reduces the cognitive capacity of someone. Does that make any sense, Candice? Yes, absolutely. So this could help with self-regulation. Yes. Um, like my son, I put him on a bike. He's got two speeds. It's either stop or all the way. Um, yeah. To, you know, that's dangerous. <laughs> I had a really hard yeah. time getting my son to go on a bicycle. And still, he doesn't ride a bicycle. So, um, well, you, well in the, you just give me an example of your own son, where a number of fundamental skills haven't yet been fully automatized because the cerebellum has its own limitations. But the knock-on effect there is it means his prefrontal cortex, his thinking brain, is far busier than it should be, and it's the very area which controls his impulses and controls his self-regulation. So that's why his self-regulation is impaired. Yeah, you know, like how they say that, um, well, I know it's true with my son, but he he can't decipher between foreground and background noise, and so he's yeah. taking everything in. And, of course, yeah. he'll eavesdrop. Yeah. I'll be having a conversation. He'll say, what? You know, so he, he doesn't know that it's inappropriate not to eavesdrop because he hears everything. And even things cool. I told him, you know, 10 years ago, he still remembers. And he'll, yeah. even though I didn't think he was listening, he'll, you know, say it back to me years later. So, Wow. But, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. And, of course, you know, the chronic constipation and the social issues and um, the OCD with food. Um, just, it's like he's afraid of food, the sensory you know, sure. the sensory stuff. Well, we don't get comfortable with different things until the brain has fully automatized that sensory integration. So when the cerebellum is not doing its job properly, sensory integration is impaired. Some combinations of senses will have been hardwired together so the brain knows what's happening, but others won't. And when the brain can't work out what's happening and what's going to happen, that's when the stress levels are high. So you'll find anxiety and other stresses increase with underdevelopment within the cerebellum. So you can see even in your own son that the, the, the whole understanding of the cerebellum and its role in hardwiring skills plays out. And that, that's what's kind of amazing for many parents when they see how analysis of the role of the cerebellum applies to their child suddenly they have all these aha moments because it all comes together. It all makes sense. So can you direct us to the science for Zing performance? Yeah, this, the this research with the cerebellum? Sure. There's, there's a really good piece, Kansas, on our website, zingperformance.com. And if you go in there in the section, how, how it works, 
you'll find there's a really good piece aimed at the layman, but lots of research references for medics and others that want to look into it. You know, we make available every, all the information we've got. And the, you know, the science behind the cerebellum has been coming out for the last 25 years or so, and Professor Schmarman instigated that, but lots of other universities are following through now with great research so that we can understand why it's happening and so on. But the word is not spreading fast enough. You know, most of the, um, yeah, most of the researchers and medics involved with things like autism are not latching on to the power and potential importance of the cerebellum. And it quite frustrates me because the cere understanding the cerebellum really opens up a complete new room full of wonderful possibilities. And I, I just wish there were a hundred professors around the world focused on the cerebellum and its role in understanding learning issues because we could see some amazing breakthroughs. Now, so how is your daughter now? My focus, I mean, she's, you know, if you bear in mind, she, she was 27 when, when I got the program to her by the time I developed it. Um, she now reads and writes. She read and, she's reading and writing within three months. She's able to concentrate. She's able to socialize better than ever. And so she, she, is a, she is a happy person. She's, she's, not, she's not the most outgoing person, but she's really happy and she's content. And she's in control of her anxiety and so on. So that, you know, it's just thrilling to have her alive, quite frankly. It's absolutely thrilling. So we can access this therapy online, so it's not a person-to-person. -person, um, we wouldn't have to make an office appointment. So, Lisa, you don't have to. Lisa, would you tell us a little bit about how to access um, the services? Certainly. Um, so, if you go to, if your listeners go to um, zincperformance.com, um, you can take our free insight assessment. And Winford didn't touch on this yet, so Winford, weigh in if I. Um, I'm not saying something correctly, but the insight assessment is a cognitive assessment, Candice, that tells us more about the cerebellum and what skills have potential for development. Um, Winford and the Zinc Performance Team wholeheartedly believes that all of our kids and um, even our, our adults and elderly have potential. There's hidden potential that needs to be unlocked, and by stimulating the cerebellum, that unleashes and unlocks that potential for improvement. So the inside assessment takes about 30 minutes, um, and you perform it at home. If you go onto the website and click the Take the Inside Assessment button, it will have you answer a couple questions, so we can send you the link. And then you'll get the results immediately, and you can see um, where which areas are needing improvement, and it shows you where you are right now and what your potential is. And um, I'm happy to give my email address. If people have a question, they can reach out to me at lisa.carlson at zingperformance.com. And um, we can talk a little bit about their um, their inside assessment if they have questions and go from there. And just, just to be clear, the inside assessment is looking for potential. Yes. It isn't easy for, for those who are quite profoundly affected. So if someone is not used to and comfortable with working on a computer, they probably won't be able to use it. So in those instances, 
describe the symptoms to Lisa direct in an email and she'll come back to you. But for, for all of those with, on the spectrum who've got, um, who, who are comfortable using a computer, it really is a great way of, uh, of identifying their potential. We even give estimates of how far we think we can make a difference in different aspects of their life. So we've gone to great trouble to try and show the people, look, there is hope there. And one of my, one of my um, beliefs is that the very process of diagnosis right now has got a flaw in it. Diagnosis happens when people look at a range of symptoms and they give a, a diagnosis that they feel is appropriate. But it misses an important step. No diagnosis should be taking place until unless we look at to what extent is there the potential for further development in this person. Because if further development is possible, and now we know more about the cerebellum, how stimulation of that can improve skills, improve cognitive capacities, those things that are initially manifesting as a symptom may subside. In some cases, they may go away altogether. Even if they subside, would that give a far more accurate um, basis for the diagnosis? So I'm going to be lobbying soon for a massive overhaul of the whole diagnosis process. Let's put in that loop before the diagnosis is given to what extent is further development possible for that individual. Does that make sense, Candice? Oh, absolutely. In our initial assessment uh, by a PhD using the ADAW, um, he said that with therapy, Eddie could, you know, be much more fully functioning. So um, we've been just searching for, you know, how that diagnosis affects us and, and what areas we should be uh, working on. Of course, we had to get the big ones early, <laughs> like behavior and um, just sure. so we could manage in our environment. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge challenge, huge challenge. And my heart goes out to all of those families with, with children or even adults who are struggling. Yeah. Well, our, so, experience has been, our, our experience has been that when you develop the cerebellum to the full or using a personalized program, you may not take away every symptom fully, but if you can take some aspects of some symptoms away, if you can increase their quality of life in a lasting way, you're doing them a lot of good. Now, families are desperate for just some breakthrough to help their child or their adult child have a, have a better life. And, you know, the, we're totally open about what we do when, 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 you know, when people... Uh, go through our program. Obviously, there is a there is a cost, but we put a full money back guarantee on it. They don't see progress, and I think that's fair. If, if if in this industry there are far too many people pushing things out there without a conscience, and families have had enough of that. Families want to know: Is this organisation sincere? Are they robust scientifically? Are they absolutely uh, in the right? mind frame to be helping my child and as you know all of the research we've done and all the research we're doing is based on the fact I want to do the best for my daughter, I want to give her the best possible life. So the results that p people get when they go through our program typically 
95% of those groups through the program, they see improvements in five different key skill areas. So that's, that's the kind of change. Are we saying we cure everything? Absolutely not. Are we dealing with the root cause of many of the symptoms? Yes, we are. And that in turn usually gives improvement in a number, uh, in a number of different areas, both skill areas and the cognitive processing. So, Winford, tell me, what are the five skill areas? Well, it, it, every, every child, every, every person on the spectrum has a different set of skills. Social skills is common to them, being able to look you in the eye, read body language and so on. But then sometimes it's reading skills, sometimes it's attention, sometimes it's impulsivity or OCD. There's a wide range of things. And so we take a lot of measures at the beginning, and we take lots of measures all the way through and at the end, and then we, 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 we look at the before and after. And we don't just look at the neurological measures, we also get subjective measures from the family so that independent of the neurological changes, we're measuring the changes in real life. And so we, we want to see that there's a number of changes in someone's actual life as well as the neurological change. And we do, you know, we're always doing analysis on that to make sure that we are giving the maximum benefit to every single individual. So we have a coach assigned to everyone, and they, they look at their neurological tests every month as they go through the process. But I just want to touch on something. You asked Lisa the question at the beginning about, about do you need to go to a clinic? Well, sometimes it's a good idea to go to a clinic because the clinic have even more tests, and particularly those that are, say, struggling with, reading or spatial awareness, we've got eye tracking tests that look at eye movement and look at the ability to maintain focus. And that's really good feedback. So if you can get to a clinic that's got our equipment, great, you'll get even more information. But if you can't, you can still do the program because the whole program is available online. The neurological tests are available online. The exercises are delivered through your smartphone or tablet or or even, or even a PC, and every day they're adjusted. You know, because everyone's brain is different, they react differently, we have to be constantly adjusting the program to maximize the speed of development, to maximize what someone gets out of it. So you track improvement as you go. Absolutely. That's absolutely critical. And, and you know, we take that very, very seriously. Sheffield University actually helped us deliver, uh, help us develop the, the original um, tracking tests. They look like computer games, but they're not computer games, they're neurological tests. And uh, so you've got a benchmark at the beginning. Every month you get an update and you get a benchmark at the end so you can actually see the pre and post uh, scores. I mean, if you look at some of the testimonials, they, they are unbelievable. In fact, you know, even after 20 years, Candice, the hair in the back of my head still stands on end when I get the testimonials I get every day because they're so life-changing. Well, that's awesome. Well, very good. So, Lisa, is there anything you'd like to uh, add? Um, no, I think Winford did a fantastic job covering everything. Um, but please tell your listeners to feel free to reach out. I'm happy to help answer questions Um and just excited and, and for people it, to learn more about it. And if, if they think, if they've got a hunch that some of the things we've talked about might explain 
some of the symptoms in their loved one that they would love to help, then do our free insight assessment. It costs nothing. It'll take you half an hour. That's assuming that they can operate the computer. If they can't, we've got other ways of helping. But for those that can, it's great to do that at home because you can actually see what their potential is. We even give estimates of to what extent are they likely to improve in this area. And those estimates, of course, are based upon all the people that have gone through it. So I want to leave hope, a sense of hope for people at the moment. They, you know, the, the, sometimes the diagnosis is like a tattoo across the forehead that is going to be there for life. I want to think of them, I want them to think of it in a different way. Think of it as a big sign saying there's probably more potential. There's probably a genius here waiting for that genius to be discovered. Oh, yeah. So tell me, how would the therapy therapy look? So is it a fun therapy? Like you said, it's like computer games. Is that just the assessment or is that the therapy? No, the, the assessment is it looks like computer games. It just happens once a month. Computer games actually don't change the cerebellum, don't change the brain in a lasting way because there is no vestibular stimulation when you're playing a computer game. So fine for assessments, but not for a therapy that's going to make a lasting difference. So what makes a difference is the exercises that we give them each day. Two exercises that take 10 minutes that performed in the morning and then preferably late afternoon. And those exercises nearly always have a balance component in itself. So sometimes the later on exercises, you'll be balancing on one leg. Towards the end, you might be balancing on one leg with your eyes closed. But there's always an element of balance. You're either moving your head from side to side, or maybe you're spinning around slowly or even quickly. There's always vestibular, that inner ear stimulation, because that's what excites the cerebellum. That's what creates plasticity, the readiness of the brain to learn the new skills, make the new connections, that are desperately needed. So balance is one element, and then there's a coordination exercise. The coordination exercise is what excites the cerebellum and starts to increase, develop more gray matter, more connections, more brain cells in the cerebellum. So you get the combination of balance stimulation, which increases plasticity, coordination activity at the same time, which increases the connections in the cerebellum. By doing those two together, and obviously you've got to choose the right ones, and that's what we've become very good at, that is what takes that person's natural ability to increase skills to a higher level. And In every day case, we examine it. Sorry. Go ahead, Winford. I'd say every day we look at how did you cope with that, because we get the feedback from them every day, and we adjust it. So the next day we're adjusting the simulation, adjusting the exercise. All the time, we're working hard on every individual working out how can we maximize their speed of progress. We start them off in the right place, but we take them forward at a pace their brain can cope with. And that goes on for six months. Very often, for those with autism, it goes on for 12 months. And in some cases, I've known it go on longer. So it's 10 minutes twice a day for several months. Quite a commitment. Now, this makes sense to me because it correlates with, you know, some of our kids really feel the need to jump on a trampoline or, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, rock back and forth or jump up and yeah. down. So it's vestibular 
And they have that innate need for that kind of movement. Well, you're absolutely right, Candice. Very often, children that are on the spectrum, if you take them to Disney World or even to the park where they can go on swings and slides or give them a rocking chair, they love that because when they've got extra powerful amounts of stimulation from their balance organ, that's what makes their cerebellum works better, work better, and that's what brings them alive. And often, children on the spectrum, they'll laugh and enjoy themselves far more when they're being thrown around or rocked back and forth or whatever it is that turns them on. And what we are doing is increasing the wiring between the balance organ, the vestibular, and the cerebellum so that all the time the cerebellum is receiving far greater amounts of vestibular stimulation. So by now increasing... Does that... Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go. Does that have anything to do with um, feeling where your body is in space? I can't remember yes, the term for that. Yes. So that, that is all, right. all to do with sensory integration, Candice. So you're absolutely right. And, and because the cerebellum has been quiet, because the links between the balance organ and the cerebellum have been relatively few, so there's not much sensory stimulation happening, those sensory integrations haven't happened. And that's what causes all sorts of limitations in, in experience, in behavior, and so on. So you're absolutely right. And I'm visualizing all this, and I see, you know, a blockage um, to the cerebellum with all these neurological connections. I, I feel like that's, uh, you know, there's a blockage, and our cerebellum isn't getting the attention it needs. Exactly. So well, the cerebellum, that's what I'm seeing. The cerebellum is a bit like a room full of computer coders, and it's connecting up all of the sensory inputs, all the things that happen, and it's creating hardwired, automatized programs for the different functions of the body and the brain. Now, in the past, neuroscientists have used to think that the cerebellum is only looking after balance and movement. And Schmarman at Harvard had to work very hard to persuade people, no, it's far more important than that. It is coordinating so many things, emotions, memories, as well as movement and balance and so on, and cognitive processes. And he had to work very hard for that. Finally, he told people, look, it's only 10% by volume, but it's 75% of the brain cells. And then people started to take notice. Oh, it's that important then, is it? 75 of the brain cells in this little bit of the called the cerebellum that we've been overlooking. So that's the area we're working on, Candice. That's what we're trying to stimulate and develop because that naturally is what will create the connections and the processes and the functions and the skills that make life better, make life easier. Yeah, this sounds like a complete game changer. I mean, if we could correct our OCD, we'd be able to eat, you know, fruits and vegetables and real healthy foods to improve the gut and the whole body system. Yeah. So yeah. it's 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 a snowball effect. It's it's all connected. So thank you. It, it, it is all connected, and you know, I, if we can, if any information we've got would be of use to your listeners, then we will make it available to them.
Well, what I'd like to do is direct our listeners to zingperformance.com. And on the website, you will see, now Lisa, correct me if I'm wrong, but you'll see some testimonials. And I've seen a testimonial. And also, um, you can sign up for a free inside assessment. Or do they contact you for that free assessment? Or do they, it's just a button you push and you take the assessment? Yeah, it's a link, and they can click on that, and it will take them through the step to receive. They'll click on the Take Insight Assessment, and then that will ask for their email address and a couple things, and then we will send them the link. And the Insight Assessment takes 30 minutes. I do recommend, and I know Winford does too, even with um, our teenagers, we always want a parent or someone there watching them take it um, because you can help them, even if they have more profound issues, um, have a harder time with a mouse and things, it's still helpful to have a parent or someone there to help them yeah. do some of that. Um, takes 30 minutes, and it will give you the results immediately. And, Candace, from those results is how um, the exercises are prescribed to that person's cerebellum. So if then they choose to um, do the program, we already have those results, and then they can start getting the exercises. So this is not an assessment that the parent answers questions for the child, the, the child actually, or there's, the individual with the disability or yes, impairment a, would actually. There's a portion at the very end that has a self-assessment questions, and that's where we want the parents to weigh in, too, because that's pointing to real life and how they're being affected in real life. Um, and so that's at the end. And just for your listeners, too, the way the program works, if they were to do it, um, they take the assessment, they receive the exercises, and then every 30 days we redo that inside assessment. And that is showing us the markers. And then throughout that process, when they're doing their exercises, the system, the artificial intelligence, is adjusting um, to how much stimulation their cerebellum needs based on the feedback we're receiving. It's absolutely incredible. Um, but, yes, the self-assessment questions are at the end. Okay. Now, Winford, are you going to be at Autism One in Chicago in May? Yes, I have. I am, God willing, and uh, coronavirus willing as well. Yeah. And um, tell me, do you have any uh, uh, clinics in the USA? We do. There's a, there's a few opening now. Lisa is more up to, up to date with that, but we've got... Uh, um, um, Dr. Menser in Chicago has got a clinic. Dr. Ned Hallowell, the famous ADHD author in uh, New York and Boston, has got clinics. There's Rev Wellness in in uh, Minneapolis, and there's a, quite a few more opening just now, Lisa. Could you fill us in on that? Certainly. We actually have um, four clinics in Minnesota. We have Revolution Wellness, Dr. Susie Youngquist, and I actually work there and run the zinc program. There, so and she's a chiropractor, right? She is, yes. And then we have, actually, we have three chiropractic offices that are using the Zing program. We have Dr. Morgan at Back to Balance, and we have Dr. Sarah Cooperus, um, also in Minnesota. And then we have a nutritionist um, by the name of Kelly Schulte, who has also um, just opened her Zing performance business clinic in, in uh, Minnesota, south of the cities. So all four of those clinics are around the Twin Cities, but... That's, that is where we're at right now. We have several more. Oh, and we have one in Oregon. That's right. Dr. Strasser. So we have um, Dr. Strasser is also just opened his clinic. Uh, well, this is great. Any, 
if any practitioners listening would mm -hmm. like to know what it will take so that the equipment, the tests can be there so they can be part of this process, we'd love to talk to them because we just want to spread this. We want to reach as many as possible, give us hope to as many as possible, change as many lives as we can for the better. So we'd love to hear from chiropractors or other healthcare providers that Absolutely. are interested. Yeah. yeah, I could see why chiropractors would be on board. So, And I love that this yeah. is organic. We don't have to take drugs. And it's, uh, yeah. you said, 20, 10 minutes twice a day. Correct. Yeah, that's, 10, that's all. All right. Well, are there any um, anything else you'd like to cover today? Well, I just to thank you for, for what you're doing, getting this hope and, and help out there to all these families they, they they want all the help they can they've been they've had so many disappointments in the past in the majority of cases and so i feel for them and i want to assure them that what we're sharing right now is comes from the right place scientifically and comes from the right type of heart and mindset we simply want to help these families as much as we can thank you winford lisa any, look forward anything to seeing else? You. Oh, yes, and I'll find you and introduce myself. Yes. Oh, yeah, thank you. Look forward to that. The, the other thing I was just going to mention, Candice, is that if they go to the website, Winford's book uh, in ebook is on the website. There's a link to that. Oh, great. And that would be a great resource for your listeners. So okay. definitely go check that out. So zingperformance.com. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's on my, my book. My latest book is "Stop Struggling in School," and it covers the wide range of symptoms. You can get it on Amazon. Uh, it went to number one in the categories on Amazon straight away, so you, so you can download it from Amazon or get them to print it and send it to you from Amazon. But that gives families a huge amount of understanding and hope. Very good. How many books have you written? Oh, I've only written two books. Oh, and well, that's it. Both of them, both, both, both of them on this subject. Uh, well, my, my, my first book, this is a really interesting piece. My first book was called Dyslexia, the Miracle Cure, after a very famous documentary that went out in Britain. And uh, there was a big hoo-ha because it was called Miracle Cure, but that's what the documentary was. Then afterwards, I realized, Candice, we weren't actually curing anything. I'm not even sure what there is to be cured. What I knew we were doing was improving the skills. We were identifying the potential. So I, 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 after I'd done all the research, I realized I had to turn my thinking around from thinking this is a disease that needs curing to this is huge potential hiding there waiting to be discovered and brought out. Now, can you find all the potential in everybody? Probably not. But can you find a lot of the potential in most, probably yes. So that's what we're focusing our hearts and our resources on, is giving as much hope and as much help to as many as possible. That's beautiful, and I so appreciate your effort. All Thank right, you, so we're going to see you at Autism One. So I'm encouraging yep. all our listeners to come to Autism One. I'd like you to um, share this interview um, hit like, subscribe, because that gets our information out to more people. And um, anytime you guys would like to come back, if there's any new developments, uh, you're more than welcome. So 
Anything else, Lisa? Uh, no, this is perfect. Thank you so much for having us. It was delightful to be here. And please uh, tell your listeners, please, they can reach out to me, lisa.carlson okay. at thinkperformance.com with any questions. Be happy to help them. So if you guys would just hang on the line for a minute, I'll say goodbye to our listeners. Have a great day, everybody. Be well. And um, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe and share this information with other people you know who may find it useful. Thank you so much. Bye.